Most people are gonna come to your website from their phones. So you need to make sure that looks good. And we design on our desktop. So we see like this big screen. And if we don't remember to look at it on a phone, we're gonna miss things. You're listening to Take It Personally, a podcast about the personal side of business and the art of standing out. I had a few clients this year who were at a point in their business where they needed a pretty big website glow up, whether that was going from no website to some website or a website that was just kind of like pulled together to something more custom, more professional. But regardless, they were overwhelmed. It's really overwhelming um, when you're not necessarily someone who is a website designer or an SEO expert to know how to navigate the space, like the website world. I feel like there are so many things that make a website better and more easy to use. And if you're not, you know, if you don't have the experience, then how do you know what those things are? That's why I'm so excited about today's podcast guest, Samantha Mabe. Samantha is the creative director and designer of Lemon in the Sea, and she helps service providers and coaches who are ready to launch their signature offer and need a website that matches the high caliber work that they're doing. Samantha has a signature framework, and with that, she has designed and customized websites for all different types of entrepreneurs. And then when she's not digging into design and strategy, she loves true crime podcasts, adventures with her toddler and trying to keep up with her Netflix queue. I had a wonderful conversation about Samantha, and she shares a couple of really quick fixes that you can implement starting right now on your website. And I think you're really going to love this episode. Samantha, thank you so much for joining me today on Take It Personally. Thanks for having me, Maddie. Absolutely. So for those who don't know you, I would love for you to just do a little bit of a quick intro and let people know who you are and what you do. I'm Samantha Mabe. I'm a website designer. I've been in business for like seven years now. And I'm also a wife and a mom to a three-year-old tornado. And um, so that's really where I spend most of my time. I'm either working or I'm hanging out with him. That's awesome. How did you get started doing website design? I started when my husband relocated for a job my degree is in architecture. So when we moved, I was looking for something in graphic design and got no interviews. So I decided that I was just going to freelance and kind of started out offering anything and everything and then eventually learned that I loved websites and that's what I wanted to do. Did you find that there was a like big learning curve with that? I feel like coming from, I mean, I can definitely see the through line with architecture and design, graphic design website, but I feel like there would be a big learning curve there. How was that? I learned most of the programs. So we did all of the Adobe programs in school. So I knew all of that. And then my full-time job right after I graduated was with this really small company. And so I got hired to do accounts payable. And then they learned I had a design background. So they had me update their website, which like on their own server, completely cut like nothing like what I'm doing now. But I learned how websites work and kind of all of the coding language that translated over when I started my own business. Got it. Okay. So are there particular platforms that you prefer to design in? 
I really like Squarespace the most. I've designed a little bit in Show It and Kajabi, but I think Squarespace really gives you a lot of flexibility and it's easier for most people to manage the back end. I totally agree with that. I My website's on Show It now, but was on Squarespace for a really long time. And whenever I have clients who are you know just getting started with that sort of thing, I, you know, just know enough to be dangerous. That's, yeah. that's it. <laughs> uh, but I always recommend Squarespace because it's just really, it's simple. It's pretty intuitive. Yeah, it is. And I mean, they've made some recent updates that have made it even more flexible. So it's kind of a mix between a template and show it where you can design like your mobile layout and drag and drop everything where you actually want it. So Everybody's learning that, but I think it's going to be a really good update and give people a lot of flexibility. That's awesome. So at what point in someone's entrepreneurship business journey, like when does it make sense to have a website, to to create a website? Because I feel like that's something people kind of struggle with because websites, I think that the... um Many people think that websites are definitely going to be a bigger investment. And so I think maybe they put them off or they think, you know, I'm just going to wait a little bit farther down my business experience before I jump into having a website. But what would you say to someone like that? I tell everybody to go ahead and get at least some kind of a template up when they kind of decide on a business name. That way you've already got your URL, your domain, all of that is set. And even if it's not designed by somebody else, if you've just got something that's kind of your home base with contact information, a list of what you offer, that's a really good starting point. And then as you grow and you really get into your niche, get into what service you want to be known for, that's when it makes sense to invest in having somebody design a website for you and really getting something custom for your business. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. What about, I'm thinking of clients that I've worked with in the past. What about somebody who like knows what they want to do, but they're not a hundred percent certain on niche or even like super specific business name. Like they have a business name in mind, but they're like, what if it changes? Like, what, what, what do I do if it changes? Do you find people are sometimes kind of paralyzed with like the what ifs? People definitely are paralyzed by those kinds of decisions. I always like to tell people, then buy the domain that's your name, because that won't change. And you can always kind of build everything else underneath that. So I think that's a really good choice for people. And even if they're not sure of their niche and everything, just putting it up now is going to help you build your SEO. It's going to help people start to find you so that down the road, you're not starting from scratch. I love that advice because I, I'm a big proponent of personal branding. And I feel like your first name, last name, like even if your business changes, if you pivot in a different direction, whatever, like you're going to have your first name and your last name. You can yeah. at least have that. That's awesome. You talk a lot about how the most important part of any marketing funnel when you're a service provider is your website. And I think that that's something that often gets overlooked when we're talking about funnels in general, right? Like email campaigns and Facebook ads and all these things. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, why is that website so important? Sure. So like you mentioned, most people, we're taught that a funnel is something like Facebook ad to a webinar, and then they sign up for your program and there's an upsell and a downsell and 
kind of then there's all these emails that go out if they didn't purchase and you're creating this really complicated thing. And the people that works best for are like course and product creators. But most people start out or always offer a service and nobody is going to buy your high ticket service after watching a webinar with you. So what really what a funnel looks like for most of us is somebody gets a referral or they find you on social media. They're going to come to your website, check it out. They might sign up for your email list. They might read a blog post. They might reach out to work with you. So your website is really kind of the main point in there where they can come to find all of the information that they need to learn more about you, to make sure your values align, that you offer what they need, and it gives them a place that then they can decide what step they're ready for next. If they want a low commitment thing where they're just checking out a blog post, maybe they want to sign up for an email list, or eventually when they're ready to hire you, they can come back and still do it in that same place because you've got one central location that you own that's not going to change, that's not going to go down and stop working. So I really think the website is that most important piece of the funnel. Even if you've got a more complicated funnel, you've still got to have an online home where people can learn about you, can do all of the checkout stuff. Like it still has to exist there. You can't build everything else without that piece. Yeah, totally. Totally. I think that the, the what you said about like it's not going to go down like i know that people talk about that all the time with like you know instagram might not always be here and whatever and chances are social media is is here to stay but we've experienced this before where like instagram will randomly have an outage or maybe your email provider like messes up in some capacity mm-hmm. i don't know um and can websites go down yes certainly but just having like more eggs in your basket, I think, and a a place that you really own is really important. Like you have so much more control over how you're being perceived because of a website that you own. Right. And social media, even if it doesn't disappear completely, the platforms that we spend our time on change and you can always link back to that one central location. That's really, you're in control of what it looks like. You're in control of the information that you're sharing and it's a really good way to get people kind of, this is what I'm really like, even if, you know, I'm dancing on reels one day and then I'm doing something else the next day because they're not going to see everything that's on social media. That is such a good point. Cause I feel like a good website brings so much credibility to the table. Like I, like I said, I have a personal brand and I always want to try to showcase that in different ways. And so I'm a lot more casual on social media. And I want that to come through on my website, but I also want there to be a credibility. Like mm-hmm. this is a professional. This is why I charge what I do. That's easier to get across online or on like on a website. Um, and I've had people say to me, like, your website looks so good. Your website is so professional. And I'm like, I'm so glad because on, on you know, Instagram, I have no makeup and yoga pants. So I'm glad <laughs> I'm professional <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. And so many of us will get referrals. So that's how most of my clients find me. But even when you're looking for somebody like 
my dryer died and it was broken for six months. And I was looking for months to find somebody. I would find a referral in the Facebook group. And when I tried to find that person, there would be like, they didn't have a Facebook page. They didn't have a website. It was like, call this random phone number. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. I want to see that they've got an online presence that looks trustworthy or I'm not even going to reach out to them. So I think a lot of people are in that boat, especially if you're working for people that are not in the online business world and kind of know how all of this works. Yeah, that's, that is such a good point. I have had, I feel like it's really rampant in a lot of different service industries that like people maybe don't have websites and listen, if you're booked from here till kingdom come, I get it. Maybe you don't think you quote unquote need one, but I completely agree with you. If I can't find like a home for them online, it's real. I, I don't know. Makes me feel, (laughs) makes me feel some kind of way. Like I, I need that. I need to be able to kind of trust them and see what's going on and the reviews that they have and all those things. And a website helps a lot with that trust. Yes, it does. So when it comes to creating a really strategic website journey, what are some of the things that we can do to make that a positive journey for the user? And when I say positive, I think really what I mean is easy, like that it's easy to navigate, easy to kind of get around. I definitely have had moments in my career where I just, I want to put like everything on my website. Like, it's like, I just threw up all the information you could possibly (laughs) ever want. And then I'm like, well, wait, is this, should I really be doing this? Like, is this overkill? What are your thoughts? I think you hit it on the head when you said it, we want it to be easy. So I really like website journeys, client journeys that are simple. So They land on your homepage. They might've come from Google or wherever. They see like those main things that you're all about, a couple of ways to kind of take the next step with you, and then they can take action right away. So I like to have a homepage, an about page where you're sharing kind of about you and how you work with people, your services page. Um, A lot of people are going to need some kind of a portfolio to showcase Mm -hmm. their work. And then just a way for them to get in touch, whether that's a contact form, an application, an email. And that's really all most service providers need. And if we can eliminate all those extra pages of like, I do every single service, we can make it really easy for people to say, this is the right fit. They offer exactly what I need. I know what my next step is for reaching out. And they don't get lost in all the details and trying to like, scroll your whole website to figure out, is this exactly what I want? Or is there a different package that's better? What are all the fine print details? Because they can ask that when you're on a sales call with yeah. them. Like, that's when you can dive into those details. On your website, you want to make it easy for them to make a decision. Mm, yeah, totally. I So I'm a photographer, obviously, but I'm actually looking for photographers right now for like family photos and that sort of thing. And especially in the realm of like lifestyle photography, portrait photography, I do feel like there's a lot of photographers who like they they do it all, and it's also all on their website. Yeah, um, and it's overwhelming as a potential client to like kind of sort through everything. If somebody is 
at a time in their business where they're like, you know, I don't want to like alienate anybody. I do kind of want to do everything. How can they navigate that? So their website is less overwhelming and easier to use, but they still have everything that they feel like they need to have. I have a client who is a photographer and she does everything. So what we did for her site is she makes most of her money from weddings. So we have a page specifically for weddings. The gallery is kind of embedded in there. So it's Mm -hmm. not a separate page. And then her other stuff all falls under like mini sessions. And so she has a mini sessions page where she talks about if you want family photos, if you want newborn photos, if you want, you know, branding, whatever. But that way people can go and say, well, it's not, I don't want weddings. I want this other thing. And then they can kind of see what category they fall under. There are examples and she opens them up every once in a while. So she basically says, join my email list. You'll get an email and then you'll be able to sign up when the next session comes up. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that so much. And I feel like you could, if you didn't necessarily offer many sessions, even saying something like portraits, but just like, that's where all your portraits go. I love that so much. That's so much easier. Yeah. And then she has a blog where she shares all of that stuff. So Mm -hmm. that's really where people can see kind of the details. It's getting her that SEO. And that way you can kind of get an idea that, yes, she offers all of this, but it's still very limited in the number of pages that people have to go to to figure out what they want. So smart. Okay. So if someone is listening and they're like, yes, okay, I need more of this. Like, what are my action items here? I know you've got some updates that we can make to a website to convert more of those people who are just coming to the website and really convert them into clients. What are those five quick updates that we can do today? So the first one is going to be add more calls to action on your website. Um, You should have one in the header of every page under your headline. You need to have one towards the bottom of the page, but then every like two or three screen lengths somebody has to scroll, you need to have another call to action so they don't have to go all the way up or down. If you do lay it out where you've got like a portraits page and you've got different sections, just put one under each of those sections. That's a really good way to do that. The second one is to check your mobile design. Yeah. Most people are going to come to your website from their phones. So you need to make sure that looks good. And we design on our desktop. So we see like this big screen. And if we don't remember to look at it on a phone, we're going to miss things. Things might be hiding or overlapped or like squishy or whatever it is. Yes. I was working on a sales page last week and I sent it to uh, some girlfriends and my husband. I was like, you know, this this looks like really cool on desktop, but look at it on mobile too. And they were like, it's a, like, there were like a bunch of buttons all over the place on mobile. (laughs) I'm like, oh yeah, forgot to do that. My bad. (laughs) Yes. So. Number three is just to think about accessibility. Make sure you've got font sizes that are large enough to read. Your contrast is high enough for people to be able to actually see what's on your page. Make sure that if you, you know, if you've got a lot of images on your page, you've got kind of meta tags and descriptions in case they don't load for people. Because there are a lot of people that could come to your website and if they can't read it, then 
they're not going to hire you. And especially when we're working outside of like the online business realm, there are a lot of people that are going to be making decisions that are not used to these like really light, airy, light gray text on white backgrounds and are not going to take the time to figure out what they say. Yeah. Okay. So this is something that I feel like I should know, but I don't. When it comes to those like meta descriptions, especially on things like photos, are we like, are you describing the photo? Is that what the meta tag is? Okay. Describe the photo. Um, It just is like a short sentence with description words. You're not trying to stuff it with keywords. Um, It's basically if the photo didn't load, how could you describe it for somebody to say, this is what it looks like? Okay. Thank you. I've been wondering, but I think I'm doing this wrong. No, but I know that's definitely an area where when I run like health reports on my site, it always comes back meta tags. I'm like, oh gosh, I got to do that. So I'm going to add that to my to-do list this winter. All right. So the fourth thing is just to make sure you've got a lot of breathing space on your site, that there's white space, that things aren't really close together. You just want to make sure that as people scroll down, they can kind of see what the different things are on the site that are important. So that goes with like headlines. You want to make them a larger font, but you also want to give it a little space between different sections so that they're not looking at things and going, wow, this is really overwhelming. There's these huge paragraphs of text that I'm not going to read. That makes a ton of sense. I think that, uh, you know, Same thing as wanting to put all of the information on our websites. We want it to be, we want it to like have this aesthetic and like throw all these design elements and all this text. And ultimately like that, again, that's just really overwhelming. Yeah, it is. I mean, you can take into consideration your audience and who's coming to your website. Some audiences really like lots of design elements where some are going to want something more simple. So it's really figuring out what's going to work for the people who are going to hire you. And don't worry if it's like the most Pinterest worthy site that everybody's trying to replicate, because if that doesn't make you money, it's not going to help your business. Yeah, that's so true. Really thinking through like, who is your ideal client? Like, what do they like? How do they prefer this journey to look and going from there? Yeah. And then my last one is just to really be strategic about what the next step somebody should take is. So when somebody comes to your website and they say, I am ready to work with you, make it really clear what that next step is, but make sure it makes sense. So if you have a high ticket service or a course that they can buy, they're not going to necessarily click a button and pay you $5,000 from a checkout page. They're going to want to talk to you. They're going to have a sales call. They might have questions. So think about how that part of the journey should work for people. You know, if it's just a mini section or they are buying a $47 course, they probably don't need a sales call. You can send them straight to the checkout. Sometimes, you know, you want to educate people more. So you send them to an email list. That's going to depend on your business and who you're working with, but you have to make sure that they know what the next step is and that it makes sense for the type of investment they're making so that they don't drop off. They don't click on the button and go, oh, well, I'm not paying you four figures, five figures without ever speaking to you. Yeah. 
then they're, they're not going to come back. People are, are not going to like chase you down to get what they want. Yeah, that's a really good point that there's probably some steps that you're missing if that is kind of the, the user journey. Like there's stuff that has to happen in between before they're ready to invest that kind of money. Yeah. And it's all, you know, there's lots of trial and error. You've always got to be like testing and changing things, but you can make a big difference with some of these small steps that just make it easier for your customer to figure out what you're all about, figure out if you're the right fit, and then take action on that. For sure. Samantha, thank you so much. This is incredibly helpful. I feel like these are such good action items for people to literally start doing right this second. I know. Um, I, in the past have looked at my website and I'm like, oh yeah, it's not very clear, like where people need to go on this, yeah. <laughs> like what comes next, you know? And that is something I feel like that you're so good at is making sure that like, there's a really clear next step. And I mm-hmm. think we, that's such a simple thing, but we forget that that needs to be obvious. Yeah, it really does. You've got to just help people along. Don't make them think about what to do. Just show them what the next step is. And if they want something else, they will ask. But you need to make it easy for those people that are just coming and they're like, okay, I just want to go through this and I want to get done. Definitely. We don't want to make them think. That would be rude. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Can you tell everyone where to find you online if they're interested in working with you and need a little bit of help with their website? Sure. So my website is lemonandthesea.com and then I'm on Instagram and I started TikTok at Lemon and the Sea. So it's all pretty easy. Awesome. I'm also starting TikTok. I don't know what I'm doing, but I love scrolling. So yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Take It Personally. If you're a regular listener, you might already know that some of the best conversations actually happen after the show. Head over to Facebook and search Take It Personally podcast to join our private Facebook group and join the conversation. We'll also put the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? This is the best way to let other people know about the show and help us to keep creating content you love. You can also head to takeitpersonallypodcast.com for all the show notes from today's episode and past episodes. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.